0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Author's Corner, and I'm excited to welcome the host of Author's Corner, Frank Fiore. Frank, how are you? This is a learning experience, right, with these different authors, the things we get to learn, right?
1: Oh, yeah. We, we go far afield. It's really interesting. Anybody listen to our podcast and get a little bit of everything and the stuff. they wouldn't no, know. And this is your
0: other podcast, too. Yeah, we're listening and finding everything. This is just the Author's Corner podcast, as Frank has relaunched it with me and then syndicated on The Neil Haley Show. And my guest today is Michael Starr, author of Journey Into Peace. Michael, how are you? And I uh, appreciate you coming by.
2: I'm doing great, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be part of your uh, podcast here today absolutely now
0: let's just jump in and then frank will ask the next question i wanted to talk about michael tell your background because it's very interesting your background and how you became an author after this but this book really is what you've been working with your clients for years on in a lot of ways
2: yeah um well my background is is i was born and raised in pittsburgh pennsylvania as i said earlier and uh my uh went to the same school as andy warhol so uh at Carnegie Mellon, and I did have my 15 minutes of fame in 1972 and canoed from Pittsburgh down in New Orleans. Um, after that time, I was drafted, joined the Navy, became an officer in the, in the submarine force and drove nuclear submarines around for a number of years and then left that, uh, was in uh, locomotive maintenance with several major railroads uh, and have uh, since uh, opened up a personal coaching business and um i um, began the writing of my book which actually took about 10 years so and while in business i ran a well, 100 million dollar a year production line so i have some experience in the world of nuts and bolts and you know getting real results uh, i've climbed kilimanjaro in africa i like exploring and doing things that the normal person doesn't do whether it be hiking in the alps and those type of things but uh, Probably my biggest, um, I guess, I don't know if you would call it accomplishment, maybe would be transformation, is realizing along the way between the Navy uh, and in the corporate world that there was a lot of suffering and there was a lot of unnecessary suffering. And for the last 10 years, it's been my mission to find some way that I can contribute to reduce suffering and increase peace of mind and The book is called Journey into Peace, A Language for Peace, Progress, and Healing. And through my experiences in business and in my home life with various things that I've had to uh, contend with, I I realized that there is a way to uh, bring more peace with the past, progress in the future, and healing with the present. And the surprising result was that the everyday language we use has embedded with it, really self-fulfilling prophecies that could lead us on a on a journey to success and a trajectory towards improvement or can have us go round and round and accomplish nothing or worst of all, have us walk off a precipice and, and cause, cause greater harm. And I would say particularly what I've seen in the last decade is uh, there's just a tremendous amount of suffering and division in our country that is unnecessary and it's really being fanned on by tyrannical speech, uh, weaponized language, um, and that uh, this is my contribution as an antidote to begin the healing in our country uh, when we're at probably one of the worst periods that I've seen in my 73 years of uh, divisiveness and just the demonization of people who think differently than we do.
1: Well, don't you you believe... Uh, that uh, that that different people think differently. I mean, look at what's going on in this country. Look at what's going on in the world. It's almost like it's impossible to talk to to someone that uh, uh, that that's in opposition to you. they have a certain brain set that they can't comprehend your position. And I'm talking about both sides. I mean, is, what does why is what does language have to do with that? How do you break through to somebody in order to, if you want to have peace, right? How do you break through to your opposition that doesn't want peace or does, or thinks that you're the, you're the cause of the uh, conflict in the situation?
2: Well, a really good question. And, and I would say that it begins with um, really interacting with people, one person at a time. I would hope that you, um, uh, Frank, is that your name? Yes, uh-huh. Frank. That I could convince you that by improving your language, you could be more effective in inter- interacting with other people. It kind of boils down to let, let's talk about what our motivations are here. Are we looking for healing, or are we looking for hurting? Are we looking to be right? Or are we looking to do the right things? Are we looking to?
1: Yeah, there's a look, uh,
2: look good uh, or do uh, good, and so. Though, you know, it begins with, you know, kind of looking at that motivation and I've kind of divided up language into three areas, wise and language, useless language and dangerous and tyrannical language. So we ourselves say, we'll start with you, Frank. We begin with noticing the tyrannical language noticing the dangre- dangerous language and noticing the useless language and to begin to communicate in a way that is more effective. And it begins with empathy. Uh, I have a term in the book, I have these states of being, uh, and one is called uh, EBC Symbiotic Three. It's empathy, boundaries, and compassion. And in order to be effective in working with people, we have to have some empathy for them, understand that given their DNA, their circumstances, their socioeconomic background, all the history, they couldn't help becoming who they became. But you, you, you really give me a good segue into an example that has one been the most important example in writing this book. Uh, there was, there is a black r and musician by the name of Daryl Davis. He's produced several TED Talks. Re- he's uh, written several books and um, he's played with uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, B.B. King. Um, and he experienced some pretty, not pretty, but severe racism as a young young boy in uh, uh, the Eastern part of the United States. He decided, he had a question he was looking to answer. How could someone hate me who doesn't like me, who doesn't know me? How could someone hate me who doesn't know me? And he went on a quest to understand it. And in his quest, he befriended, and it was a long process, the grand dragon leader of the KKK. He found a way to listen to KKK leaders, KKK memberships going to their meetings because he was respectful towards them. He was respectful in a manner of understanding, trying to understand why did they come to believe as they did. And as a result of his, I guess, respect, uh, I guess as a result of his desire to avoid conflict, and seek understanding, he talked, I think, dozens of KKK members from, the, got them to disavow the Klan. If if Daryl Davis could get a KKK member to disavow being a member of the Ku Klux Klan, there's a lot of opportunity for us. But it begins with empathy. We've got to have an understanding. Hey, there's a reason people think the way they do. I may not agree with it. I may not like it and let me just begin with trying to understand and asking questions, you know, why do you feel this way? And and coming across in a respectful manner, I think that begins the pathway to, to opening up a dialogue. Um, people, there are what I call, and, and it's important to be aware of what empowering language is and what is not. There's a term I've, I've coined called contra identities. We live in a time and it's being promoted uh, that people have contra identities. Who am I? Who am I, Mike Starr? Okay, Mike Starr, I'm a father. I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a canoer, I'm a hiker, I'm a author. I, you know, That's who I see I am. And, but people have become increasingly caught up in this contra identity. Who am I? I am someone better than you because you're stupid. I am someone wiser than you because you're, you're not too smart. I am a moral person because you're immoral, because you are a whatever, you are a racist or you are a libtard, whatever they may be. So we have this growing trend that's been promoted, um, uh, sadly, uh, tragically, with that people are identifying themselves in contrast to someone else. And I'm positive because you're negative. And so I guess to answer your question, be aware of what wise empowering language is, study the book. There's a lot of good stuff in here. I've got a chapter on um, what is effective listening. I've got a chapter in here on healthy relationships enhance um, and understanding and seeking to understand why people are the way they are and treating them in a uh, respectful, kind manner. Now, there'll be those who will kind of close the door before you go in. And I guess with those, you just walk on by. But there are, th- I mean, Daryl Davis... Engaged Ku Klux Klan members, and he was effective in getting them to see another viewpoint. But again, began with him being respectful towards them, seeking to understand why are they the way they are. You know, we may look at somebody and say, "Well, that's not logical. I can't believe that." You know, someone would think that way. But maybe the wiser approach is: I wonder why. What would cause them to look at things the way they did? And have that empathy, form and compassion. I think that begins to open a door up for effective communications and dialogue. Yeah,
1: that's
2: interesting.
0: interesting. Definitely, uh, and I definitely uh, think that. And in, in a lot of ways. So, who are the people that you think are best to read your book? Like, who who are you? Who who the are the ideal people they can learn from? Uh,
2: the you? I, Thanks for 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 asking. I think the ideal people are. First of all, people who are looking for a better way, people who are looking to reduce their suffering, people who are looking to heal. If you're a person that says, hey, I would like to have heal, I'm not interested in hurting other people. I'm looking to do the right thing and not being right. I'm look looking at doing good rather than looking good. That is the beginning of it. I would say the ideal audience is to the large degree would be therapists, counselors, ministers, leaders in the community. It's not an easy read. This is not a book you pick up and say, I couldn't just, I couldn't put it down. It's not, it's, it really gets into the, um, the whole background of language and to some degree how it was formed and what is language, it's a means to how we think and how we communicate with one another. But it does begin with someone who has an open mind and says, you know, I have not reached the absolute truth about reality. I'm willing to look at another perspective. And I have a, a term in here called LEAR, the Legitimate Empowering Alternate Realities. And being open to the fact that my current reality, there may be a, a wiser reality that's more empowering. So if you're looking to reduce your suffering, if you're looking to heal and help others, particularly leaders like therapists, therapists religious leaders, counselors, parents. uh, There's a real great roadmap in here in terms of trajectories you could take to not only help others, but it begins with ourselves. I, In my business, I occasionally do counseling with couples, and my experience is the greatest issue that stands in the way of effective relationships is people are not happy within themselves. Somebody in that relationship is not happy within themselves. This is a way of learning to understand how to have compassion for yourself, how to get past feeling bad about things in the past and heal yourself because if you're distracted, if you are unhappy with things, if you're angry, it's like the old saying, if you're laying down, how can you pick anybody up? How can you lift somebody up? So uh, that's a long-winded answer to if you really have an open mind, And one find a different way you're frustrated about the state of the nation, the state of your your life and communications, your relationship with your significant other. This I think would be a very helpful tool.
0: And Michael, it's important. The words we say really mean something in a way that's going to lead somebody to either being happy, sad, or angry. It's what we say in communication verbally, the way we say it in front of people, you know, via zoom or on the phone. Uh, and also emailing, texting that language that we have to understand that words really make are meaningful for people and they can hurt or help.
2: Absolutely. And sometimes it's the simplest words. Like I talk, I have a whole chapter in the poison of stupid and how stupid is such a tyrannical word. I begin the book in an introduction about my little, Um, rescue dog, Rippy, who's a Chihuahua. And when we first got him, I turned to my wife. I says, honey, this is the most unfriendly dog we've ever had. And my wife said, just be patient. Well, patience is a useless word. And I explain in the book, why that doesn't take you anywhere. It's like forgiveness. Those are not doable verbs. And the unfriendly word is a toxic word. And I thought about it and thought about it. I says, hey, different perspective." Rippy, who is a rescue dog, is anxious. He's fearful, and maybe baked into his DNA is this fearfulness, etc. Well, when I see him as fearful, anxious, and and scared, it it empowers me to be kinder towards him. But when I use what I call binary thinking and say he's unfriendly, we've kind of shut the door. He's unfriendly. That's it. It's done and over with. But I see him as this scared you know, anxious dog, and it elicits compassion and kindness and reminds me to, you know, be slow with my movement and kind with my words. So, yeah, simple words like stupid, unfriendly, uh, forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a doable word. Ver- I have a whole chapter says forget forgiveness, go for self-exorcism, and I speak to how you can do a self-exorcism for yourself, not a spiritual or a religious one, but a kind of just a regular one in understanding yourself and others, and you can purge yourself of anger, hostility, and anything that you harbor negatively towards someone or situation in the past in a matter of probably days, maybe weeks, as opposed to years of therapy. You know, someone once told me that one of the important aspects of therapy is the uh, the fortunes and the of luck you know it's like (laughs) keep coming back and back but no uh so words are uh they're transformative and there's a difference between happiness and sadness success and failure harmony and conflict All all
0: right frank another one other question for michael before we let him go
2: no i think that
1: uh what he's saying really makes a lot of sense and i've also heard from uh other authors about that it's best it's best to uh seek clarification as, as, as opposed to agreement. Then you get, try and get an agreement, then you get into the negative area. If you're looking for clarification, it gets into what, uh, um, uh, what, what, what Michael is saying about listening to other people's position and make them have them understand what they understand so that he can understand it. So, yes, uh, I agree with a lot of things that, uh, that Michael is saying. Michael, you know, best and, place and- to look yeah, sorry.
2: I agree with the clarification, and I would add to that understanding. Really seek to understand why is this person as they are? There's a reason. It may not be a good reason. And when you reach that understanding, then you have your empathy. And if you can, you know, they have that old talking stick method where the Indian chief sat around, held a stick, and they would not relinquish the stick, and they had the right to talk until they were heard by everybody. So... When you have understanding and you communicate, I understand you, I get you, I may not agree with you, that is where it transforms. That's where the door opens. And people are, they are desperate. They are so thirsty to be understood. Hear me, understand me. Here's what I have to say. And if you can convince them, I understand you. I get you. I understand you are the way that way. And I I can see why you feel that way. Then the door is open to communications. And that's where you know, the understanding and uh, compassion lead to building healthy and effective relationships, and you're in a position maybe to be a little bit more influential.
0: All right, Michael, best place people can find information on you, purchase your book, and learn more about you. Where can they go?
2: Thank you. Well, Journey into Peace, a language for peace, progress, and healing. Just uh, look on Amazon, Journey into Peace, Michael M. Star. And, um, make a good gift to someone who's su- doing a little suffering themselves also. All
0: right. Thanks again, Michael. Appreciate it. All right. That's Special accounts of the Neil Haley show and Authors Corner guys. Take care.